When this boy meets girl, this boy meets world. When this girl meets boy, meets boy, meets world. Hello, class. Open up your textbooks to Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World, Season 5, Episode 9, Chapter, titled... How to Succeed in Business. I'm Alden. I'm Tanya. I'm the boy. I'm the girl. And this is a hard-hitting report on Boy Meets World, Season 5, Episode 9. Is it? No, it's probably not. Um, You know what is hard? All right, so real quick, I'm going to make a video game reference. That's fine. Okay, I'm not going to talk about what I've been playing, Tanya. Get off my case. I... Get off my back. Why are you making me sound <laughs> insufferable? Um, it was clearly a joke. I hope that joke comes through. I hope so, too. Um, all right, so sometimes when I'm playing a game, let's, let's use Fire Emblem as an example, but really it could go for anything that I play a lot, right? So... With Fire Emblem, I started playing, and I started playing on um, basically the easiest mode, and and played through it a bit like that, and then I turned it up to normal, right? Like, before I even finished my first game, I was like, all right, I get it. Easy is too easy. Here's normal mode. Um, as I've played more and more and more, and Fire Emblem's a difficult game, but the more games that I've played, the more I've learned the system and, and how the attacks work and all that stuff, so I... I had to turn it up to hard mode because it just, I was going through the motions. Like I was going through each level and just, I know what to do here, know what to do here, know what to do here. I'll put position like this, I'll position like this. And then I turned it up to hard mode and completely changed the game because now the, the enemies react differently to what I do. So I have to learn how to play better, um, which makes the game more engaging and more fun. Um, with podcasting, we, have gotten to a point where we're pretty good at it, where we we know what we're doing. You, Tanya, you know how to lean in when you're talking and lean back when you're laughing. It's made editing a lot easier when I sit down to edit. I'm able to kind of mostly really only add 15 or 20 minutes to like the episode time is how long my edits have been for the last however many months. So what we've done in 2020 and now 2021 is we've started to turn it up to hard mode. <laughs> we started the, the 2020 last year with two dogs, which occasionally uh, Fred would get barky in the backyard, um, which is my favorite children's novel. <laughs> um, or Coco would get tap, tap, tappy in the hallway, and that would make for some edits or some pauses in our recordings. So then we got the chickens we said let's get chickens and turn it up a notch and occasionally the chickens will will cluck cluck in the backyard which is the sequel to bark in the backyard <laughs> or tap 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 in the hallway <laughs> <laughs> and uh or the rooster will crow and i'll have to edit that or we will have to stop recording for a minute to go put the chickens away or whatever um, and we were like, all right, this has gotten too easy now. So we got, uh, Aubrey got a hamster. Well, uh, we got a pig. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. We so got we, the pig. We got a pig, which has really changed the game again. Because now we have to, like, first off, there's the squealing in the backyard, which really doesn't come through on the microphone, luckily, which most of the time. Which is surprising because it comes through, like, a mile away from our house. Occasionally it does come through on the microphone, but... 
Um, it's easier to edit. It's just like a... Anyway. But so many times now we've had to stop recording because, well, pig escaped. We got to go outside and get the pig and put him back in his pen because he's pig giver. And... Uh, <laughs> Uh, he broke out like 12 times this week during my work days. He never breaks out when I'm home. Ever. Um, well, he does sometimes because that's why we've had to stop recording sometimes. Mm, that's right. That happened like once when we were recording. Um, but so what we did then is we got a guinea pig for Aubrey, which pretty quiet most of the time, but occasionally gets excited and whoop, 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 whoop. But that was way too easy. Didn't turn up the game enough. Uh, so this week... This week, uh, Finley has been saving his money for months now. He used all of his Christmas money. He did his bakery stand outside of our house where he made soft pretzels and sold them to neighbors. He has cleaned out the refrigerator. Like, he's done as much as he can to make as much money as possible because he wanted parakeets. And yesterday, he got to go get his parakeets. So now we have added parakeets to the game and... They're in the room right next to us. I'm very unexcited about how editing is going to go. So we'll see. Um, But it's definitely like we have over the last 365 days, we have really turned up the intensity. Yeah, we basically bought a zoo. Yeah. And um, please don't turn us into like animal control or anything like that for having too many animals. I thought you were going to go a different way. I thought you were like, please don't turn us into frogs. Like, <laughs> that, I thought you were like speaking to the witches out there. Like, please don't turn us into newts. What is that? What? I don't know. That's what I thought you were doing because we're just, it's so many animals so many times, all the time. It is so many animals. And that's hard mode. <laughs> I really was wondering where you were going with it when you first started your video game spiel. Well, it's just, it's crazy what we have done. It is absolutely insane. Last night, I took a picture um, with Aubrey's guinea pig because she's gone for the weekend. And so I wanted to get him out and like socialize him a little bit. And he was just like laying in my arm. And I took a picture of him to send to Aubrey, but I was also talking to my sister. And so I sent it to her too. And we had guinea pigs growing up like my whole life. And she was like, you have a guinea pig? I didn't even know you had a guinea pig. And um, then she saw on Facebook, because Caden has a Facebook, and she saw it on Facebook that Finley got parakeets. And she was like, and parakeets? What are you guys doing over there? And I was like, I don't know. I never even wanted pets except for a cat. And I don't even have a cat. Yeah, I, that's the only animal I never wanted. Um, no, it's not. So, you know who else we turned up life on hard mode? Like, we turned podcasting and working from home, by the way, onto hard mode. Um, but... We also turned up hard mode on our dog. <laughs> like, his whole life now is hard mode. Fred is not okay right now because he is, I mean, he's a small dog, but he's a predator dog. Mm-hmm. Like, so he sees mice. He wants to chase them. He sees birds outside. He wants to chase them. Cats. Cats. He barks for hours at the cats. That, Deer. Yeah. Like, and we got chickens and he was so stressed out. 
when we had the chickens in the house, like he was shaking all the time because he's a really good dog and he fights all of his natural instincts when we tell him, be good, these are your friends. So he he can go out in the backyard with the chickens and he does fine. You know, uh, at this point, Chandler's bigger than him, so he's probably terrified of Chandler. And then the guinea pig squeals and he's just not okay. And now we have birds and I've never seen him so upset in my life. Yeah, he still isn't used to the guinea pig. And now there are two birds in the mix that are chirping and in the boy's room where he sleeps. So yeah, no, he's not okay. And usually Coco, our other dog, is fine with whatever. She doesn't notice anything. But those parakeets got her so flustered yesterday that she actually went after a chicken. And I don't know if she was going to do anything. Um, but I was outside too. And I was just like, Coco, no. And she stopped. But she was so on edge because of these parakeets. Yeah. So that's our house. And, and really, we didn't slowly turn into this. This has been a uh, uh, snap of a finger. Now you have 800 animals. Well, I will argue that 2020 you felt will argue. very long. Yeah, and sure. And so it seemed like it was a slow progression compared to like what it actually was. No. Imagine it like we had a class yearbook, right? Mm-hmm. Like and one yearbook, it was us. Well, so like... Seven years ago, Mm -hmm. my class yearbook was me and my daughter, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And that was it. Like, it was just me and Aubrey. And then a year goes by, and we move in together, and we add you and the boys to the Mm -hmm. yearbook. Mm -hmm. So now we've got the five. And we added Coco. And we added Coco a year later, the same year. Mm -hmm. So we added a dog to that. And then a couple years go by, and and Caden wants a dog, and we add another dog to the mix. So Mm -hmm. a couple years now, we've added one more dog to our yearbook. And that was how it was for like five years. Yeah. And then the next yearbook also has (laughs) seven hens, a rooster, a pig, two birds, and a guinea pig. Just like that's another – that's just between one and the other. Yes. Anyway. We're a little overwhelmed with how quickly we have managed to procure a zoo. Anyway, we are not overwhelmed. I am overwhelmed. And Tanya uh, realizes it when I actually mention it out loud. (laughs) Um, Anyway, do we want to talk about how we've been? That's 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 how how we've been. been. We've got... A lot of animals. They are very well taken care of. Like, Finley has been watching tons and tons and tons of YouTube videos about parakeets and reading articles and knowing what they can and cannot have. And, like, so we're not, like, negligent animal hoarders. We put a lot of money, too much money and too much effort into these animals. And we love them. But every once in a while, it does hit me. Like, this is so much. Mm -hmm. Like, we have to have a checklist of, like... Did you feed the chickens? Did you feed the pig? Have you checked on George? Have you fed you, the dogs? Did you check for eggs? Right. It's it's a lot. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's like you said, I've always been the way where like, I don't want an animal unless I know I can take care of it. Like even when Aubrey got a beta fish back when she was a toddler, uh, I started reading about betas and, and it was in a tiny little bowl or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and I started reading about how 
they can live in tiny little bowls, but they're not happy in tiny little bowls. If you get them a 10-gallon tank, they're happy and they swim around in it. So I got a 10-gallon tank. Like, that's just kind of how I've always done. Like, we we were getting the guinea pig, and I could have gotten a $30 little guinea pig cage, but I was reading about how miserable they are in the little cages, and, and I was trying to get bigger and bigger and bigger, and that's as much as I could afford or and as much as could fit in her room. So... Yeah, mind you, our house is small. Yeah. Like, it was small when it was just five people. Yeah. And then it got smaller when we had dogs. And I've always liked big dogs, but, like, the reality is we can't have big dogs in this house because it's a small house. So now we're just filling every corner with any animal that we can. Yeah. Oh, that's our our life. Yep. Um, We don't have any actual pets in our room. We're the only room in the house that doesn't have pets my biggest fear is becoming the house that smells like pets right and i don't have a sense of smell i do and it's it's hard to say that in times of covid but this is like i haven't had a sense of smell for forever like something's wrong with my nose um it's got to be a really strong smell for me to smell it. So mm-hmm. it's always my fear that we are going to beat the house that smells and people are coming in here and smelling our house and I don't even realize it. Like right. I've had friends growing up where you go into their house and they don't realize how bad it smells, but then like it assaults your nostrils mm-hmm. when you walk in uh, because they've lived in it. They've become nose blind to right. it. I became nose blind to everything. Mm-hmm. Maybe I just smell all the time and that's why. <laughs> you don't smell all the time. But it's always been my fear. Like I overdo deodorant and like I make sure my clothes are super clean. Like I don't rewear clothes. And this is why we fell in love because I'm the same way. Like my friends would be like, oh, you can wear jeans like three days in a row. And I'm like, ew, that is disgusting. I'm going to smell like a sewer. I do wear jeans two days in a row. Yeah, but you also work from home. Right. That's way different. Yeah, I wouldn't do it when I was working construction. Anyway, that's how we've been. We also watch Boy Meets World. We got 800 animals and we watch Boy Meets World, season five, episode nine, chapter titled How to Succeed in Business. Um, Tanya? Yep. I want you to blur me up. Oh, okay. The- I would really like it. Really? Like, yeah. How I would much would you like it? Like so much. I'm just going to keep talking until you don't do it. Okay. Keep on going. Blurb me up. The blurb for Season 5, Episode 9, How to Succeed in Business is, Sean rapidly ascends the corporate ladder at an advertising? Advertising what? I don't know. They didn't tell me. What a cliffhanger. I know. What if we get to the next episode and the blurb is just agency? (laughs) 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 Thanks, Disney+. Plus. Um, so this episode was directed by Alan Myerson, three aliens and 300 trench coats with a pig and eight birds. And it was written by Ellen Idelson and Rob Lauderstein. They are from like a few episodes they ago? They wrote, I love you, Donna Karen. Oh, okay. Uh, and it looks like they write at least one more episode this season. So okay. let's, let's, we'll judge them by their body of work. Okay. Not by their bodies, Tanya. I don't judge anyone by their bodies. Um, this episode, does it start? classroom or not super not classroom yeah where the hell are we we're outside of a high-rise building but where are we when the show starts like where where are the where are the boys in the mail room how do you know it's a mail room because there's mail around and at first i thought it might be just a copy room but oh, yeah 
because Sean was making photocopies of like his face and stuff. Mm -hmm. And Corey was working very diligently on whatever it is that he was doing. And he says, mail room. Yeah, he says, we're, you know, we're in the mail room, work study program. Um, We don't, this is, they don't pay us to make copies. And And Sean's like, they're not paying us at all. And he's like, they're paying us in experience. And Sean's like, no, I'm going to photocopy my butt. Mm Mm-hmm. And he starts to do that. And in walks Phil. Who's Phil? Phil is, who was he before? I forget. Channing posted about it. And <laughs> I recognize him for sure. But now I already forget He's what he was. He's been in two other episodes before. Um, one, he talks about pie. Oh, yeah. He he was the pie guy in the the sprinkle episode. Yes. Um, and I don't remember what the other one was. Yeah, me either. But he's, I mean, he's a reoccurring character but not really because he's not playing the same character he's just like the perfect little uh disgruntled old man yeah and he's talking about how he's been in he he's tells Corey, i started in that get out of my way i started in that same spot 43 years ago and Corey's like look you can work your way up here sean like we can climb the corporate ladder and he's like where are you now and he goes exactly where you're standing in the mail room um, and Sean says a couple of things about like none of it mattering and Corey's like, you don't understand the corporate world is my essence. Mm-hmm. So here Corey goes being incredibly intense yet again. Yes. And self-important. And um, he talks. Uh, I forget. I Phil. I keep wanting to call him Leonard. Was he Leonard in the other episode? I don't think so. <sighs> I feel like the only Leonard was the guy who Spinelli? Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, Corey talks about, like, oh, you must really love working here. You must love doing whatever you guys do. And he, Phil goes, oh, what do we do here? And they go, advertising? And he goes, advertising, huh? <laughs> so, then we follow Corey and Sean up to the office. Well, Corey says, like, I belong upstairs. And he tells Sean... If you're looking for a role model, look no further than me. It's nuts. Yeah. Um, He's like, we're going to work our way upstairs. And Phil Leonard goes, you're going upstairs. Take this. Bon voyage. And gives them the mail card. And and Corey says, like, I'm going to work my way up and you're going to follow me. And this is like, Corey's a narcissist. Mm -hmm. And... Sean has been made to feel like he is not important and that everything that he does is wrong, but what Corey does is right. And this becomes so evident because Corey basically says he that. He literally says it. We'll get to and that. And it's not true. We'll get there. Okay. We got an episode to talk about. Oh, yes, I know. Um, so they go upstairs and they start handing out mail. And, and you're clearly, like, I've experienced this many times, like, you were downstairs in the mailroom where everything's a mess. Now you're in the corporate environment where all the important people sit and there's nice carpet and all the desks are spaced apart and, and it's very quiet. And it's just very clear, like, now you're in the executive suite. Right. And Corey is quietly handing mail to people while Sean is, like, throwing it on their desk and is like, hey, how are you? Oh, your wife is looking really uh great today in your picture and like talking as he goes and Corey's like stop like what are you doing you can't do that what you have to do is deliver the mail don't make eye contact like 
just do your job. And um, then the phone starts ringing and Sean's like, what am I supposed to do? Like, if there's anything I've learned, it's that if a phone rings, you answer it. And of course, like, do not answer that phone. And Sean sits down at this desk. He picks up the phone and he answers it incredibly well mm-hmm. and ends up dealing with a very difficult customer who had called yelling on the phone. And Sean's just like, yes, you're very important to us. The person who works at this desk can't come to the phone right now, but I can tell you, like, the only reason you haven't gotten your marketing is because it wasn't perfect. We want it perfect for you. You're going to get it on Monday. Yeah. And uh, he hangs up and a guy walks in behind him and he's just like, what are you doing? Like, who are you? And uh, Sean asks him his name and he tells him his name and I forget what it was now, but basically Sean- Mr. Morris? Something like that. And Sean goes, oh- uh, you just got a phone call. And the guy basically says, I like the way you handled that. My temp didn't show up today. You got a new job. Mm-hmm. And Corey is just like, ah? And he just looks at Corey and walks away. Right. And he, uh, they find out he is the vice president. Right. Um, so he's like super important. Um, and now Sean is working for him. Mm-hmm. So now we go to the Matthews kitchen. Where Amy is sitting at a table watching a teeny tiny TV screen. Mm-hmm. It is her uh, soap opera time of the day. Amy has a whole whole ass TV in the living room. Why no. was she just watching on that little little guy? I don't know. I so when I um, when Caden and Finley were really little, well, when Caden was little, um, my mother in law had a TV in the kitchen mm-hmm. and like a big TV in the living room. Mm-hmm. We constantly sat at the table and watched the TV in the kitchen because we would be cleaning the kitchen or doing laundry or making dinner. And in the interim, we didn't want to switch over to the big TV. So we sat and watched the TV that was on in the kitchen because that's where we were already. That makes so much sense. That that basically tells me that they were trying to imply, like, Amy's not leaving this kitchen. She She's in here working. Mm-hmm. And now she's watching the TV. This is her rest time. Right. Still in the kitchen. She watches it every day oh. at this time. She, you know, was probably doing dishes or whatever. And it started and she was like, got to finish these dishes. And then as soon as she was finished, she was able to go sit at the table and watch the little TV. That, like, I just went from criticism to uh, praise. En- enlightened. Yeah. Like, good job, writers. Anyway, they're watching a soap opera. And Eric comes in and he's basically is like... You know, you really should branch out more. Like, this isn't good for you. What are you doing? He says you need to get a life. And she's like, this is my life, which I will say she used to have a job. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, does she not help Alan at the store anymore? Does Alan even have a store anymore? I don't know. Uh, That's not part of this story. It kind of is, though. Not this episode's story. So this episode, all of a sudden, she's a stay-at-home mom who watches and has soap been. operas every day has been for, for years. four years. Yeah. Um, despite the fact that she used to be a realtor, um, she was a partner at the store. Like, she definitely had career experience. Anyway, for this episode, she doesn't, and she never has. Right. And she's like, I'm, you know, I'm raising you guys, and He's like, we're raised, like, we're hatched, we're out, like, you need to get a life. And 
He was like, is there anything that you've always wanted to do? And she's like, yeah, you know, I think there is. And she gets up and leaves the kitchen. He also tells her she needs to do something productive with her life. Right. In the middle of all this. What a shitty kid. But he does all of this to get to the TV? I don't know. Maybe. Because he immediately slides over and starts like crying over what's happening in the soap opera. I thought maybe that was just like a side effect. Like he... He was trying to talk to her, but the TV was there and it distracted. Why did he come in and do this? Because you... I don't know. I guess for the TV. Right. I'm back to criticizing. It would have made way more sense if this was an exchange between Amy and Alan, where Alan comes in and is like, look, you're seeming kind of lost at this point. The kids are older. Um, You're not helping out the store as much anymore because we've hired people on. Like, is there something like you've always been a dreamer or you've always had goals? Like, is there something? Is there a goal that you've never reached that you were looking for? Alan having this conversation would make way more sense. Sure. But then we wouldn't get the whole Eric learning a lesson part of the episode. Oh, no, we could still get that. Yeah, but yeah, this was an easier route to that. I guess so. So anyway... He's watching soap operas. He's watching soap operas and crying. Um, and then we, so we go back to the ad agency upstairs in mm-hmm. the executive suite. Sean is at a desk mm-hmm. and Corey is doing the mail. Um, and he comes over to, Corey comes over to talk to Sean and he's just like, oh, so I see you're still over here. Like, are you going to come back down to the mail room soon? And Sean's like, actually, like I was given a project to do. Um, it's for toothpaste and, and Mr. M- Morris. Sure. Uh, you know, like the way that I handled things and thought that I could, you know, bring, breathe new life into this campaign. So, you know, what do you think of, like, what do teens think of when they think about toothpaste? And Corey's like, obviously, bacteria. Mm-hmm. And Sean's like, no, I was thinking, like, make it sexy. Like, when I think of toothpaste, I think of sexy breath. Like, I've kissed a lot of girls and, like, sexy breath is the thing. And Corey's like, no, you don't understand. You're in the corporate world now. Toothpaste, it's all about bacteria, gingivitis, teeth falling out. These are the things that you need to think of. These are the things that will sell the toothpaste. And then Sean gets called into the office. And he like looks back at Corey contemplatively. What? Yeah, I said that right. Contemplatively? Whatever. And um, so we go back to college now. Now we're in the college classroom that I don't think we've been in. So classroom or not? Classroom. It's college classroom. It's college class. Eric is sitting there. Jack tries to sit down. Eric is like, <laughs> no, that seat is saved. That is... For Monica. Monica's. And uh, Jack goes, uh, what happened to Bridget? And Eric goes, she found out about Monica. <laughs> so Jack gets up and moves. And someone else slides over to the seat. And Eric's just like, uh, mom, that seat's taken. Mom! <laughs> yeah. Because Amy is in the class now. So they have a whole conversation about how Eric inspired her. And she's always wanted to write. So she's taking this creative writing class um, that he won't even know she's there. She's there to learn. He's there to learn. It'll be a completely separate thing. And she moves one desk over. Yeah, and we cut back to the mailroom. The mailroom, Topango. Wait. What? Monica comes. 
Okay, go and ahead. sits down between sits down between them. And Amy goes, "Oh, you must be Monica, oh, Eric. She's so pretty. Don't slouch. You shouldn't slouch." So he's very embarrassed. Yeah. Um. So now we go back to the mailroom, and yes. Corey is sitting there. Topanga's sitting on like the mailroom counter. Yeah. And she's, she's in like a power suit. Mm-hmm. She's talking about how the senator hurt her, and like that's why this is going to be a law now. Um. So. She's very proud of herself. Well, she should be. Um, and Corey is embarrassed, obviously, mm-hmm. but like trying to cover for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, you're going to work your way out of this and blah, blah, blah. Um, and she leaves, right? She just leaves? Uh, yeah, basically. I mean, they, they talk about Sean a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think um, the old guy comes in. Uh, maybe. Oh, Sean comes down. Yeah, Sean comes in. Yeah, that's right. So Topanga leaves, Sean comes down. Mm-hmm. And um, Corey's like, yeah, I see you're back in here with me. Um, don't worry about it, buddy. Like, it's fine. Corporate's life, corporate life isn't for everybody or something. And Sean's like, no, I actually just wanted to tell you, like, the VP really, really liked my sexy toothpaste campaign. So I just wanted to tell you. And then that's it. Yeah. Uh, and then, um, then uh, uh, Phil comes in. Mm. After Sean leaves, and he's like, wow, he really worked his way up. And Corey goes, yeah, uh, he just, you know, I don't even understand. Like, all he did was he picked up a phone, and Phil goes, was it ringing? And Corey goes, yeah. And he goes, smart kid. Um, So now we go back to the college. Mm -hmm. Classroom or not, Tanya? Classroom. (laughs) We're in the creative writing classroom. Eric is reading in a very weird like accent he's cadence, like whatever it is and then i noticed that the headlights were headed toward towards me was i in the wrong lane or was he in the wrong lane who knows that's life um so he's finished i actually quite enjoyed his poem or whatever good. it was he's a good writer mm-hmm. eric matthews is a good writer he probably gets it from his mother yeah um, so the teacher is like, okay, so that was Eric Matthews. So now we're going to get to hear from Amy. Uh, and so Amy gets up there and she's like, young married woman. And she starts reading and it's all about her wedding night and where she's trembling and quivering and Eric is not okay. And with good reason, yeah. like, let's not pretend like any kid, no matter how old they are, wants to hear about their parents' sex life. I am 36 years old, and I would rather die than hear about my parents' sex life. Right. No, and and also it seemed a little strong for a creative writing class, but... I don't know. Like, this is kind of a trope. Like, in when people talk about creative writing, like, it does get graphic, but if it's written well, it brings you into the story on a different level. Like... The fact that she had the audacity to write about her sex life in a class that her kid is in. Yeah. Just no. It was weird. But anyway, uh, apparently it was a great story. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack is really into Amy. So into Amy. Um, so anyway, we go back to the executive suites. Um Nobody is in the room. Yeah, they must be in a board meeting or something talking yeah. about Sean's sexy toothpaste. Yeah. Uh, I just picture Sean like in his just like work pants and like a polo shirt standing in front of like the entire board and being like, 
I don't know, sexy toothpaste. And they're just like, yeah. <laughs> Cheering and throwing <laughs> grapes at him. I don't know why they're throwing grapes, but he's catching them in his mouth. I don't know why that popped up in my head, but that's exactly what popped up in my head. Well, that's then that's canon now. Never happened in a boardroom that I've been in. But they love the fact that he could catch grapes so well, and he sold them on sexy toothpaste. Yeah. So, I mean, he just keeps on hitting them out of the park. Mm-hmm. So everyone's in the boardroom throwing grapes at Sean. And uh, Corey is trying to deliver mail when the phone rings. Same nice. phone. Mm-hmm. And he trepidatiously like walks over, looks around. Like He does not have the confidence that Sean had. He doesn't have confidence of Angela. He doesn't have the confidence of Sean. Well, Sean has more confidence because he's learning it by dating Angela. Mm-hmm. So it's still the confidence of Angela. Corey right. doesn't have it. And he cannot handle himself. And he sits down. He answers the phone it, very badly. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he does a terrible job. The person on the other line starts yelling at him, hangs up on him, and the VP has happened to walk out when it was happening. And Corey uncomfortably walks away. And the VP is just like, uh, who was that? And Corey tells him. And he says, he said something about canceling his account? And the VP is just like, Sean, fix his mistakes. Yeah, get them like, on the phone. Yeah, he's like, get Davis back on the phone. Mm-hmm. It's Davis toys or something mm-hmm. like that. So Sean immediately goes and does that. And uh, Corey starts to, I guess, apologize or, or something. And he gets fired. Yeah, he's like, the, the VP goes, some people just aren't cut, cut out for this life. Um, So he gets fired. His dreams are legitimately shattered because for some reason, this corporate world is his essence and um we go to the kitchen we go to the kitchen Corey is now watching tv on the tv in the kitchen eating a bowl of cereal or ice cream it could have been either one uh but i feel like it was cereal i don't know alan walks in and is like damn Corey, you look like you just got fired from your work study program and Corey's like i did get fired from my work good study pull program. alan and uh Alan's just like, oh, uh, I mean, it just wasn't the right fit for you. Like, it's fine. Um, and they talk for like a couple seconds. And But Corey does talk about the fact that Sean is still there and he's doing well. And I feel like Corey's embarrassment is turning him very hostile. Well, it, it turns from uh, subtly jealous and mm-hmm. weird to uh, outwardly jealous and weird. He says to Alan... I was supposed to be the one to succeed. Everybody knows that. Yeah. And that's when it's like, oh, fuck you, Corey. Yeah. Um, But Alan doesn't really do anything here. He doesn't say anything. He doesn't react. Like He's just like, okay, bye. And then Sean comes in. Yeah, Sean walks in and he's like, hey, I'm just, you know, saying hi. Uh, I, I got a... I got a meeting with the Brock Toys guy. You really you really pissed him off, huh? Like, like what did you even say to him? And Corey's like, I didn't really say anything. And Sean's like, oh, well, you know, don't worry about it because you're coming back to the agency tomorrow. And Corey's like, what do you mean? He's like, I got your job back, but you have to take this drug test. He's got like a brown paper bag. He's like, you have to take this drug test because they say you're too tightly wound. Which is true. Yes. And um, so we go back to the, the ad agency upstairs in the in the... Sweets, and Corey is now with Phil. Phil is doing male stuff mm-hmm. and telling Corey how to do janitor stuff. Right. And Corey is an asshole mm-hmm. and is like, I'm too good to be a janitor because I grew up 
in an affluent neighborhood and I should be a CEO of a company and, and not a janitor. And Phil does the best job of knocking him the fuck down by saying, uh, oh, don't tell me you're not qualified for this job either. <laughs> yeah, Phil. Get it, And Phil. then proceeds to tell him how to change like the urinal cakes or something in he, all of the toilets. He says, toilets. you get to decide how many you put in each toilet, but uh, I'll give you a hint. It's always less than two. <laughs> Get him, Phil. Uh, and then Sean comes out and he's like, hey, Corey, why are you dressed in a janitor's outfit? And well, Corey's like, because I'm a janitor. Another thing that Phil said before he left was, there, because Corey says, what's the lesson in this? And Phil says, the lesson is, you do whatever they tell you and you do it well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. You just, Alan, you, you out-parented Alan. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, Sean comes in. And he's he's like, why are you in a janitor outfit? And Corey's like, well, I'm a janitor. And Corey, and Sean says, I thought they were going to give you your old job back. And Corey's just like, obviously not. I'm stuck as a janitor. Yeah, Phil didn't get through. I was very excited about Phil, but Phil didn't get through. Um, And so now Sean looks like he feels bad for Corey. Because he, he has to be a janitor. And I'm just like, no, Sean, you go do your business Maybe one day you guys won't even be friends. This doesn't matter. Go be amazing. And then VP pops out of the door and he goes, oh, Sean, I just spilled my coffee everywhere. Can you have that guy come in here and clean it up? And Corey's like, well, I'm that guy. Mm-hmm. But anyway, also, <laughs> just him like popping out like this well put together executive popping out just going, I spilled my coffee everywhere. <laughs> like it definitely took a turn. So now I go to the apartment. Yeah. Um, Amy is at the apartment talking. Well, first Eric and Monica are on the couch, just hot and heavy. And Amy walks in. Oh, yeah. And she comes in to talk to Jack. And Eric's just like, what are you doing here? And Jack's like, I needed help with creative writing. And your mom's really good at it. And Monica goes, oh, hi, Amy. And Eric goes, she is not Amy. She is Mrs. Matthews. Um, and... Eric basically comes over and is like, no, you don't need to be helping anything. Like, this college is my place. Like, this is my space. And you are in it now. Um, And... Well, and this is after, too, she was helping Jack with his story. And she goes, like, well, it. Uh, so Alan touched me and I began to quiver. And Eric is like, why are you always quivering? Do you do anything other than quiver? And then takes the paper and looks at it. He's like, ah, you do. <laughs> yeah. And then he starts lecturing her about mm-hmm. how she doesn't belong here. She needs to be at home providing for her family. Right. Um, and she's like, you know what? I didn't mean to upset you this much. And maybe you're right. Like, I'm quitting the class and leaves. Mm-hmm. And then we go to the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, <laughs> please. Tanya's been looking forward to this. I have not been looking forward to this. Uh, Amy and George Feeney are uh-huh. s- are at the table, like, Amy's kind of standing over Mr. Feeney, and he's reading her writings, and he's making some noises. What noises is he making, Tanya? Some climactic noises. Mm. Uh Uh-huh. And don't, please, Mm. don't don't do this to our (laughs) listeners. I'm sorry for the auditory experience, uh... For all of you, but Tanya's uncomfortability makes me so happy in this. It's true. I mean, while we were watching it, 
I think Alden was looking at me instead of the screen because I was just like, what the fuck is happening? Why is Mr. Feeney making these noises? And then he stops and he's like, oh. And then he goes, oh. <laughs> I wish you could see Tanya's face. There's no way to to um, hear it, but it's bad. Um, so he reads through it. And he's like, that is... That is very good, Amy. <laughs> and she is like, uh, he goes, that is a very good, amazing work of fiction. And she goes, it's all true, George. It's not fiction. It's true. And he goes, oh, oh, stop, please. Anyway, she, he says, you've got a lot of talent, but I'm, I'm just talking about the way you write. Um, <laughs> and. She says, you know... Fifty Shades of Amy. <laughs> have you been waiting this entire episode? No, it just hit that? me. I would have said it earlier if I was waiting. Um, but like, she says, oh, well, it's whatever, George. Like, I enjoy it, but... I'm, I'm dropping gonna, the I'm class. dropping the class. Yeah. And as she says that, Eric, like, stomps down the stairs, and he's like, you can't do that, Amy. And she goes, why are you calling me Amy? And he says, because that's your human name. <laughs> Eric was an asshole in this episode, but he was so funny. I I I have things to say about Eric being an asshole. But okay. um so then he's like he's carrying her papers and he's like, This story is really good. Stop reading about your mother having sex, please. Yeah, he's like, You're an amazing writer. In fact, you're so good that I sent a copy of this to grandma. <laughs> <laughs> And um, so they hug it out and everything's good. She can come back to class on one condition. She stops writing about sex. Mm-hmm. Um, so that story is nice and tied up. Sort of. Yeah. So we go to the we go to the apartment again, but now it's Sean's there at the apartment. Yeah. So uh, Corey. Corey and Topanga are coming to the door. Topanga's carrying flowers, a beautiful bouquet, like a 100-year-old woman who's going a-visiting and but they're 17 right um can you imagine if aubrey was like i'm going to olivia's i need to get a bouquet of flowers uh i that yes (laughs) (laughs) i could see that happening for sure really yeah she's old that's true she is old yeah um but they're walking to the door and they're talking about their jobs and Topanga is under the impression that Corey is moving up further than Sean in his work study program. So he's obviously not communicating with her and telling her that one, he got fired and two, he's now the janitor. Mm-hmm. So they get invited in and it's Angela and Sean. Yay. Angela's there. Yay. And, uh, Topanga comes in and is like, these are for you, and gives Angela the flowers and kisses her on the cheek. And like, I have never in my life done that, but should I start? Is that a thing that people are supposed to do? I mean, not during the pandemic. But yeah. Like, what the hell, Tanya? But like after it, once we're all vaccinated. Super spreader. Like, should I bring flowers to Miranda when I go to her house? She would love it. She would also love it if you kissed her on the cheek. That's true. She has kissed me on the cheek. See? Maybe I'm just a weirdo. Um, Maybe everyone's just exchanging flowers and cheek kisses. It depends on who you are, but I mean, that's definitely the kind of person Miranda would be. I mean, you've mm. had friends in the past who you guys were close enough where that person would kiss you on the cheek, and it's still not your style. Yeah, that's true. I've had friends who literally are like in my lap all the time, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, is this what friendship is? Okay, I guess it's fine. 
Well, Clam, if you're listening this week, I hope you um, <laughs> let Tanya know how often we are in each other's laps. Anyway. But a, a phone rings? Phone rings. And Sean doesn't go to get it. And they're like, don't you need to get that? And Sean's like, oh, no, that's the fax. And mm-hmm. Topanga's just like, oh, they gave you a fax, huh? And then another phone rings. Well, they, she's like, they gave you a fax. What'd they give you, Corey? And then another phone rings. And Sean, like, tosses it to Angela. It's like a cell phone. And they're like, they gave you a cell phone, too? And he's like, oh, yeah. And then Andrew's just like, and he got a company credit card. And Topanga's like, so a fax, a cell phone, and a company credit card? What did they give you? And he pulls out a giant ring of keys. And he's like, they gave me these. And Topanga's is just like, why does that look like a set of janitor's keys? Yeah, and Corey's like, that's because it is Topanga. That's what I am. Is that what you wanted to hear? And, like, first she seems super rude, but then it's clear, like, she just had no idea. She was trying to be supportive of Corey, Mm -hmm. and he had probably strung her along and lied to her about it. And so he's freaking out at her, and she's like, Corey, what are you doing? It's okay to be a janitor. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, And he starts, like, he and... And Sean start, like, yelling at each other about the fact that, like, Corey was supposed to move up. Like, he wanted to be in corporate, and Sean didn't even want it, and he got it. And, and, um... And Corey's like, you should be enjoying this. And Sean says, I can't enjoy it because of what's happening to you. And Corey's just like, it's killing me. Yeah. He literally says, it's killing me, Sean. He's 17 years old. Yeah. Getting work experience. And, but that's when he says... Listen, everybody knows you're supposed to be the one making mistakes and I'm supposed to be the one putting... Cleaning them up. Cleaning cleaning them up. Putting the pieces back together. Whatever. And fuck you, Corey. Yeah. And Sean says, like, yeah, and for once that's not what's happening. Why can't you be happy for me? You should be happy for me. I'm doing this on my own and I'm doing a really good job. And Corey's like, well, for the first time in my life, I'm actually jealous of you. God, he's such an asshole. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. Uh, so they, they talk a, they talk it out a little bit more, and Sean says a few things that basically tells Corey, like, you're being an asshole. I really, I, I'm happy for myself. Why can't you be happy? And Corey's like, you're right, I'm sorry. Like, you, you, you're doing great, and I'm proud of you. And Sean's like, and I'm proud of you, too. Uh, you know that executive washroom upstairs? Somebody said the other day it hasn't been that clean in months. And Corey's just like, I did that. And, and that's the end of the episode. That's the end of the episode. Now we go to the post credits. We're in the credits. We're on the credits. And the credits are in the classroom. Amy's about to go and read her newest story. Mm-hmm. And um, I think Jack and Eric say something about the fact that like Amy's not allowed to write about sex anymore. And I think Jack says that's... He is upset about it, for yeah. sure. Uh, so Amy starts reading and she's just like, um, it's called a mother struggle. Okay. How does it go? After 31 hours and something or other sweat dripping off of my back in came Eric or whatever. It's basically about entered his, he, he made his, his journey through the birth canal. And Eric is, er, everyone's just like, uh, and Eric's (laughs) like, shh, 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 like, Anyway, that's listen the end of the episode. To, listen to my mother. So, Tanya, mm-hmm. how'd you feel about this episode? I really liked this episode. Mm-hmm. And I also have very conflicted feelings about 
like how I feel about different aspects about it. Um, because while like Corey absolutely was awful and Sean deserved everything he got, my internal struggle is that I have also felt like that about people that I felt like, like in my judgmental brain didn't deserve the things that they got. Um, and I've talked to you about it before where I'm like, why do all of these things keep happening to people and they're not working for it? Or they're like, how, how do they get to this point when like I'm struggling every single day just to like not hit rock bottom and all of these people are just kind of floating through and everything is going right for them. So sure. But I've also talked to you, like, I've talked to you about it and I've never validated those feelings. I've explained why you have them but that you can't worry yourself about it like you just have to do you right but so while i'm sitting there being like Corey is an asshole i also have to check myself because there have been times and in cer- certain instances where i have felt that way about things now generally speaking when someone has worked hard and gotten to a point where they're getting recognition for you know, having good ideas and being creative with things like that, like the way that Sean was. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, that's why I felt like Corey was being an asshole. But I do like, and maybe I'm making myself sound like a horrible person, that there are definitely times where I'm like, I have the same exact goal and I've been working at it for a long time or dreaming about it for a long time. And I'm not even close to where that person is and it happened for them overnight. I think you're getting very defensive over something that hasn't even been said. Like, you're you're struggling internally with this, and there's no reason for you to. This is a completely different scenario. But, I mean, I also think that when you do that, you need to back off a bit. Like, mm-hmm. the bad, pe- bad things happen to good people. Good things happen to bad people. That's just life. Right. And it's up to you to kind of go, I can't control any of that. Mm-hmm. All I can do is control my bubble here and what I'm doing with that. Am right. I working slowly towards a goal? Because that's what's going to make me get it. Mm-hmm. But Sean, uh, I'll let you talk more. Okay. Um, I'm not saying that it was right. I'm just saying that like my struggle is with actually feeling a little bit of that like connection with what Corey was going through. Mm-hmm. The difference is I would never in a million years look at my friend and be like, you're where I'm supposed to be. Mm -hmm. It would be something that I internalize and work through on my own because I know that it's not the right thing to feel about anybody. Mm -hmm. And he just flat out was just like, "Uh, you're not even supposed to be successful. Right. I'm the one who's supposed to be successful. You're supposed to follow my footsteps. Like, Yeah. It is very clear that Corey is not who we thought he was when it comes to um, his influence on Sean. I think growing up, I thought, you know, Sean needed someone like Corey. And I think we've talked about it in past episodes. We're like, thank God he had Corey to get him through this. But it's evident to me, and it has been for a while, that Corey basically worked to keep Sean oppressed in order to uplift himself, Mm -hmm. which is bad yeah it's really really bad to the point where the fact that sean doing well embarrassed him because he thought of sean as lower than him like Mm -hmm. he thinks his best friend is lower than him right 
that's an upsetting thing to realize. Um, otherwise, the Eric and Amy stuff was so funny. Can you... Go ahead. No, go ahead. Can you imagine being Angela in this scenario? You've you've worked hard at at keeping your distance from people. You finally get close to someone. You get close to Sean and you you're making this work. Like you re- you're realizing like this is how it's meant to be. Like this is great for us. Mm-hmm. And you watch his best friend come in and just trash him and destroy his confidence like that has to be so telling to you where you're like, oh, this is where he gets a lot of his insecurities from. Yeah. So in our relationship, you are definitely more of an Angela. Thank you. And when I have ever felt like I was being like degraded in any way or um, put down in any way, you have always talked to me about the toxicity of my friends. Like, Don't say that too loud. I'm sure somebody's going to listen and think I'm talking about them. This isn't about you, Miranda. But, you know, thanks to you talking me through it, it made it easier to either try to talk that toxicity out of our friendship or move forward without that person. Mm-hmm. And I, we obviously, we know that Angela doesn't do that for Sean. But I think, like, in a realistic setting, she would have been like, wow, so this is bad. Mm -hmm. Like, this is really bad. But the show is supposed to be like, but he's good for Sean. Like, I think at this point, the writers have made it very clear that it's been toxic from the start. Yeah. I I think the writers are very clear or, or, or know at this point, like, this is crazy, but this is what people want, so we're going to keep doing it. But right. we're going to make it very obvious that Corey is a, a shitty person in this friendship. Right. I think the the unrealistic part is the fact that through all of it, they stay friends forever. I don't think it's that unrealistic. I do. Just because it's a constant thing. Like, it's just always. I think so. I think so many people deal with that, where they have a friend for their life, and in some way that that friendship is just broken and mm-hmm. and like it was broken so long ago that it it just became their relationship right yeah you're I, right i think that's pretty normal and i think and i guess it can be said for like romantic relationships too cuz people right. stay in awful ones for the, their entire lives all the time right so yeah you're right um Say that anyway again? I said you're right. Oh. I say you're right all the time. Okay. Um, so Amy and Eric. I have a lot of things to say about Amy and Eric. Because while I do believe in following your dreams and finding goals and getting out there and all of that, I get the trope. I get why it was done for the show. But there are other colleges. There was probably a community college close by. Like... There, there are other places that she could go to take creative writing. Why does she have to go to the same institute as her son? Do you want me to answer? Yeah. I, I think it's completely fine where she went. I think it's great. Like, I think if I were to be in college and my mom also went to that college, I would think it was kind of cool. Like, not, I wouldn't be ec- ecstatic and I wouldn't be hanging out with her all the time. And What um, if she was writing? But that's the thing. Like, that's where Amy went wrong, I think. But here's the thing. She didn't go wrong. She wrote what was in her heart, which is the point of the class. So you do not take a class with your son if it 
is supposed to like that was the class right i think in in that situation she should have assessed either i'm going to go into this classroom and i'm going to not write about sexual things i'm going to find other creative ways to write mm-hmm. or i need to find another place to take this class right exactly and it's very apparent that she writes in a way that is from her experience her experience as not a realtor or anything like that but her experience as a mom and a wife and those are experiences that are important to write about because Mm -hmm. i i think one of the cool things about this episode was that eric really only saw his mom as a mom and not as a person like right like this is just and sometimes i feel like that like with our kids where i'm just that that body that's there that makes sure that these things are done or doesn't make sure that things are done. And then they actually get mad at me because it's not done. Um, but you kind of, you know, you don't even realize sometimes as a, a young adult or even an older teenager that like your parents have a relationship with each other that is a huge part of their life. Like my relationship with you is a gigantic part of my life, but our kids don't really think about that much. Mm-hmm. Um, while they're dating and, and developing relationships with other people, they don't look at us as doing the same thing with each other. Right. Um, I think it's important for Eric to understand that his mom has this life. She's a whole person who has all of these experiences. Right. But she knew what her writing style was she should not have gone to the same class as him. Amy should have sat down and picked her classes and said, I'm real horny about writing, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to be very careful not to be in the same room as my son while I do it. And his best friend, and any (laughs) girl, like his best friend who's obviously into me. Mm -hmm. That's why she did it. She she knew Jack was into her, Uh and she was like, I'm going to read sex stuff in front of Jack. He's gonna, he's gonna lose it. <laughs> and he did. He did. And Mr. Feeney. Oh. <laughs> anyway, I really love this episode. Um, I love seeing Sean succeed. Mm-hmm. And I loved having Amy as a part of this episode because I feel like we haven't gotten a lot of Amy time. Mm-hmm. How'd you feel about this episode? Well, I kind of interjected most of my thoughts in there. I thought it was a good episode. I thought it was a great episode. Um, Corey drove me crazy, but... He was supposed to. I do wonder, like, we, I, and I'm pretty sure you, absolutely, up until we watched this show, the way we are watching it, Mm -hmm. thought, Corey is a good friend to Sean. Mm -hmm. They are close. They are good to each other. Corey and Topanga have some issues, but it's not that bad. Mm -hmm. Like, they're meant to be. And Corey is obviously the main character of the show, and everything else just kind of revolves around Mm him. Um and watching it now week to week and talking about it, um, despite the fact that I get tired of my own voice, it, it has shown me a completely different side of this show. And I see it completely differently mm-hmm. than when we started this. And I've seen Boy Meets World a million times. Mm-hmm. Um, but doing it this way has shown this kind of like, Corey is an asshole to Sean and Sean deserves better. Like, Topanga's an asshole to Corey, and Corey deserves better. Like, and Corey's an asshole back to her. But the show isn't about him. The show is about Sean and watching Sean grow. Mm-hmm. The show is about Eric and watching Eric grow. Um, and that's, Corey's not growing. That's what we're, we watch in this episode. It all centers around Corey and Amy, but what we're really Eric watching. No. Oh. 
Corey and Amy. Oh, okay. Sorry. But I what miss- we're watching is Eric and Sean grow. Right. Uh, and I just, I wonder if anybody else has kind of gone through that as you watch the show with us, as opposed to kind of watching it whenever you feel like watching mm-hmm. it. Um if if you've had kind of those same realizations where like it's completely changed the show for me, it hasn't ruined the show for me. It's just made me step aside and go, whoa, 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 whoa! This show isn't about Corey at all. Um, so I just wonder if anybody else has kind of gone through that, or if you already knew that going in and you were like these idiots, you're <laughs> just see, now realizing. I feel the exact same way as you, and I feel like I enjoy it more yeah. now looking at Sean and Eric as the main characters instead Mm -hmm. of Corey and Topanga. Because we've seen Corey and Topanga's love story our entire lives. It's whatever. It's, you know, the greatest story ever told. (laughs) And being able to step away from that and really take the um, value that Sean and Eric put into this show has changed it in a good way for me mm-hmm. because we've all watched Corey forever. Right. And I think if we were watching, if we were just binge watching it right now, we would still kind of, our brains would focus on Corey's linear story. Right. But because we're Corey's not. linear story. <laughs> um, but because we're not, I think it's so much more valuable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was a great episode. I kind of, echo a lot of the things you say and and i've told you where i i differ in my opinions Mm -hmm. um i i think amy was just fine doing what she did until like she had to have made a a decision there there should have been a crossroads Mm -hmm. where she decided either i'm gonna do this here or i'm going to go elsewhere so i can really let my horny out right and she knew he was in that class right like i would maybe she didn't i don't know maybe she didn't but but that should have been a discussion. Right. Like, I'm going to take classes. Um, what do you take? Right. So that I can make sure either I'm not in those classes or we're prepared for that. Right. But I think she was right to do what she did. Yeah. Just handle it a little bit differently. Yeah. Um. Anyway, those are my thoughts on the episode, I guess. Um. Is there anything I forgot? I'm not sure. Because I feel like there were some things I was going to say when you were talking that I ended up not saying. Well, and I don't know what they are because you didn't say them. Damn. Um, anyway, I think we're done. I think so. You have anything else to add, Tanya? Um, just that you can find us. Where? At BMG and BMW on Twitter. And (laughs) BMG and BMW at gmail.com. And you can join us on Facebook, um, to chit chat, especially on Mondays. I mean, people post all the time, but on Mondays it's, a hub of activity and it's very fun and it makes Mondays so much better for me personally. Like I love interacting with everyone. Um, some Mondays I'm really busy at work and then I feel bad cause I haven't interacted as much as I normally would. And I'm afraid that everyone's getting mad at me, but I love it. I love our Facebook group. Everyone's wonderful. Um, so if, you can join us there. If it makes you feel better, I'm bad at interacting and I'm sure people, uh, like you so much more because I'm just like every now and then I pop in and I'm like oh shit I have like eight comments to reply to I think you're great at it okay sorry everybody that Tanya's so much better than me I'm so That's... jealous <laughs> uh, anyway this has been Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World season 5 episode 9 do good class dismissed <laughs> <laughs>